I think we got a little mixed up in our order there. So there was supposed to, the Creed song was supposed to be sung right before this, and and uh, usually I take some time to kind of prepare myself while that song's going. And so if you don't mind, uh, let's let's just take just a bit and let the Holy Spirit uh, prepare our hearts. That was four minutes. Extremely painful for us, four minutes. The Israelites were waiting for Moses for 40 days. Those of you who are online, you probably went to the bathroom and got something out of the fridge, I'm sure, by now. (laughs) Those of you that are here with your kids are like, this pastor is driving me crazy. It's a challenge for us to wait, and particularly to wait in silence and to wait for God to do something. But God had an intention for the Israelites that he made them pause at Mount Sinai in between the Red Sea where he had taken care of their oppressors, where he had drowned the Pharaoh's army, in between the Red Sea and the Promised Land. God decided to pause at Mount Sinai and make the people wait. See, Moses had already went up the mountain and come down the mountain already once. He had gone up and the Lord had spoke to him and and gave him the Ten Commandments, gave him the Book of the Covenant, which was more regulations for them, gave them instructions on how to build the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant and the priestly garments and all those things. And Moses had come down and given those to the people And the people said, everything that the Lord has said, we will do. And then the Lord called Moses back up for 40 days. And so they waited and waited and waited. And finally they said, is God going to show up? Where's Moses at? And when that happened, they decided they'd just make their own God. And say, this is the one who's going to lead us. So if you know the story well enough, you understand that God was not very happy with that. And God told Moses, he said, here's the deal. I'm going to send you on to the promised land, but I'm not going to go with you. And Moses, uh, as you can guess, was a little concerned about that. He, he couldn't handle these people anyway to begin with. And he said, we need you to go with us. You have to go with us. If I have pleased you, if, if, you, if I've found favor in your sight, please come with us. You're the God who sees us. You're the God who hears us. You're the God who understands us. You're the God who's glad to be with us, who puts up with us. And you're the God who can do something for us in the situation that we're in, taking us from slavery into freedom 
and into a land that's flowing with milk and honey. These people had been slaves for 400 years, well, not quite slaves for 400 years, but they'd been in Egypt for 400 years, and they'd been slaves for a long time. They didn't know how to be a people, how to live, other than from what they'd learned from Pharaoh and all of the people in Egypt. And God said, before you get to the promised land, we're going to pause here at Mount Sinai. And when Moses cried out and said, listen, you got to do this, you got to go with us, then God says, I promise, my presence will go before you, and I will give you rest. Where are you at? I mean, where are you at in your space between the Red Sea, where Jesus has freed us in our baptisms, made us to be freed from the slavery to sin, death, and the devil? Where are you at between the Red Sea and the promised land? I know that Pastor Dennis has been talking to you about the Emmanuel journaling process and this, the whole purpose of doing this is to spend some time with God so that you get used to his presence, his presence that goes before us and gives us rest so that you get a sense of what it feels like so that it would be common to you. Where are you at between the Red Sea and the Promised Land? The Lord wants to meet you there. In whatever situation that you're in, whatever struggle that you're in, this thing that you don't understand how to live this new life yet, he wants to meet you there. And God can do something in your situation, but this is the reality of who God is. He's more likely to do something about you in your situation. So we may want him to fix something or change something or whatever, but the fixing and changing is usually not on the outside of us, it's on the inside of us. And he does that so that we get to experience who he really is. So I know that as Pastor Dennis has encouraged us to find some time to spend being with him and to recognize his presence in our life, God doesn't want to stop there. He wants us to get a sense of his presence all the time in all aspects of our life. And if it takes a pause at a Mount Sinai moment, then that's what he wants to do. It took me a while to understand this. I wasn't just supposed to go down to my basement <clears throat> and, uh, and spend some time talking to the Lord and listening to him. He wants me to know his presence all the time, especially in situations where I don't know how to live yet. So I'd like to share this story with you, help you understand what this looks like. So a couple weekends ago, we, uh, my Deborah and I, we, we decided we'd take our grandkids up to go see the Minnesota Wild hockey game and uh, go wild. And we decided that on, uh, that was on a Saturday, and on Friday night we were going to take them to the Great Wolf Lodge, which is this huge complex uh, hotel and water park. Awesome place, very expensive. Awesome place. And uh, when we were getting ready to go, I don't know if you noticed, but I've been working out. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Todd goes, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> no, actually, if, uh, the last time I was here, I, I mentioned that that's, I have a routine now that I've been doing, and this is connected with my Emmanuel time, is I get up at 5.30, and I've been doing 30 minutes on a stair stepper. I've been doing 50 push-ups. This is every morning, Monday through Friday, 50 push-ups, and then doing uh, 50 squats with 50-pound kettlebells. I've been working out. So we go up to the Great Wolf Lodge, 
And my Deborah, uh, she says, we don't need to pack a whole bunch of stuff. She says, so we're just going to take these couple of bags. And could we take, you know, a case of water, you know, a bottle of water, 24-pack of bottle of water? I said, sure. So we get up to the hotel. We're there before our grandkids because they're being brought up by the parents. And I get out, and I grab the big bag and the bottle of water. And I walk in in front of Deborah so she can see how strong I am. And this place was crawling with families because it's their spring break. And when we walked in to go and check into our room, they had one of those movie lines, you know, where they got the thing corded off and you actually have to get into this thing. And there's a lot of people there. And I'm like, oh, I guess we've got to wait a little bit. So I'm getting in line <clears throat> and, uh, you know, walking in front of Deborah, showing her how strong I am and starting to get a little left side. But we've made our way up to the counter and I... Whew, Put it up on the counter just slightly, you know, just for a little bit there. And then, uh, <laughs> and then the person gave us our room, gave us our card and everything, and they said, you know, uh, your room's not quite ready yet, but if you'd like to, you can um, go enjoy the water park right away. And we had gotten, Deborah had gotten this cabana thing, so we actually got a, this private place to go in. So we're like, that'll be sweet. We'll just go and hang out by the water park. So I picked up the water, walking. This time, a little baby on the side of Deborah, so that she wouldn't see that it was starting to slide out of my arms. And we made our way around the edge of the water park to go find the entrance. And we kept walking and walking. And it's like, where's the entrance? It's like, well, it must be back the other way. So I walked back, and this time I let her go ahead of me, because I'm a gentleman. And we got around all the way to the back, and it's like, it's not here. So we asked somebody, they said, oh, yeah, it's that way that you came from. It's just a little bit further. Okay, so I'm walking, now I'm walking a little bit faster, so we can get there a little bit faster, and Deborah's trying to keep up with me, and we, we finally get to the entrance of the water park, and said, hey, our room's not ready. They said we could just go ahead and come to the water park. She says, sir, you can, but you cannot bring that water with you. <laughs> I said, this is stupid. <laughs> I didn't say it to her, but I said it out loud, and then I tromped off in front of Deborah, and she knew I was mad. She knew it. And I made my way back to the entrance, and I went and found a ledge for the window that could look in the water park, and I sat by my Mount Sinai. I've never, I hadn't done this before. I honestly hadn't. And I said, okay, Lord, you got to help me here. I love my wife. I want to have a good time with my wife. I want to have a good time with my grandkids. I don't want to be this way. He said, Darren, Darren. You want to prove to everybody you're so strong. You're not. Not just physically. I am your strength. Quit trying to prove it that you are. That's an Emmanuel moment. That's a Mount Sinai moment. That's where you're in between the Red Sea and the Promised Land, and the Lord says, I know that something needs to change in your situation, and it's you. This is the greatest thing that we could have happen to us is that we have a God who says, I want to be present with you all the time. I'm not interested in just getting you to the promised land. I'm interested in making you into people of my promises. That's what God wants to do. He doesn't want to just get you to the promised land, to the place that you think you need to be. He wants to make you into the person that he has created you to be, redeemed you to be.
and that's what he's going to do. So he doesn't want you just to crawl into some space in your house and spend some time writing something to him and listening for his voice. He wants you to hear his voice in every breath that you take, to feel his presence in every heartbeat. I'm setting up their song. In every heartbeat, God wants you to know that he is present with you, that he goes before you, and he will give you rest.